Hello and welcome to a new episode of Pakistanomy. Um, my name is Shahab Siddiqui and I work at the Bad Lab, the company that helps produce um, Pakistanomy with Zair Yunus. And if you're watch, not watching this and actually listening to this on your podcast, you might be really worried if you're hearing my voice instead of Zair's. So don't worry, Zair is here with us. Here, Zair. Hi, how are you, Sam? I'm good, I'm good. And the reason why we have me on the podcast and Uzair here with me is that a lot of people have kind of written in or reached out and have said that Uzair uh, interviews a lot of people and has these conversations on the economy, but we don't really hear much about what Uzair thinks and what Uzair's opinion is. So we thought that it would be a good opportunity for us to um, speak to Uzair, get his opinion, especially with the budget coming out, especially with the economic survey coming out, and um, you know, so so those are the broadly the the start of the conversation and the context of me being here in this conversation. And let's see where it goes. Was there another year, another budget, another economic survey? But this year um, has been, you know, the year didn't start. Wasn't we never expected the numbers to be amazing? But then with COVID hitting, with a lot of um, a lot of disruption happening, what do you have to? What do you have? Uh, what did you think of the economic survey of Pakistan that came out a day before the budget? Thanks, Shahab. And it's interesting being on the other side, being oh. the one interviewed and being asked the question. So uh-huh. it's, a, it's a good change of pace. Um, mm-hmm. I think the economic survey that came out really reflects the, the dire crisis that the economy is in, right? So the GDP growth number came in at negative 0.38%. Um, Really, a negative growth rate in Pakistan's economy has not occurred for decades. So it is a real shocker. Um, the impact of coronavirus obviously is partially baked into it. So perhaps the real, when the revised figures come out, which they revised for the previous year, uh, downwards from 3.3% to 1.9%, one may expect a similar downward revision to come in the months ahead. But really what you see is a full-blown crisis where agriculture has grown by about 2.7 percent but everything else uh, declined including large-scale industry uh, and the services sector and at that same time Pakistan had a high inflationary environment so inflation overall was 11.2 percent for me the the more worrying figure there was that food inflation was 15.9 percent and within that if you look at perishable foods um, 34.7 percent I want to get away from all these numbers and basically summarize that what happened in this economy was that you had negative growth which means job losses and high inflation, which means a decline in the purchasing power of people. So not only were people losing income uh, and losing their jobs, their purchasing power was also going down and it was going down for, uh, it was impacting more poorer people or lower middle class people more than anyone else because they spend a large chunk of their income on food and food was more expensive by 16%. And if you look at perishable food items, by about 35%. So really a very tough year um, for average citizens. Um, and at that same time, the government borrowed more. So debt went up uh, during the last year. According to the budget document that came out, um, you know, the government borrowed from the banks much more than what it anticipated by about 400 more percent. Uh, which is really surprising and shocking. Um, And we can get into why that was the case. But really heading into coronavirus and heading into this budget, um, the economy was really in dire straits. So 
so to be so there was a pre-corona situation which was which was not ideal by any stretch so we've already had our economic uh, issues we knew that inflation was going up we knew that you know the, the the government was struggling to get the economy going i mean you know politics aside the whatever interventions were being tried the government wasn't getting the kind of response that it would need to kind of lift things up and meet the goals that it set at the start of the financial year so that was that was already at covid now what we have is a situation with the COVID happening, everything, I mean, it's not even a Pakistan phenomena, it's a global phenomena. In fact, um, the global trade going down, all those things impact us because you know our trade goes down, um, things like that. But two things that you mentioned very, very specifically that are of the most interest are is that the, the, for a country like Pakistan, which is like a growing country, a developing country, um, people who are in the lowest strata of society and the lowest economic slabs they're the ones who are losing the jobs and they're the ones who are who, who are now going to be um moving further away from what they um like things that they need the essential items are moving away from from their uh, affordability um and their affordability is going down so the how does this how does this uh, is did this all happen in like three months is my analysis uh, correct or like my 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 knee-jerk reaction is okay Things were bad, but we're not that bad. And then three months or three and a half, four months of COVID, and then everything went to the crap. For, I, guess. I mean, I think the economy was struggling for months on end. Um, there was no doubt about it. And growth was negative, for example, in large-scale manufacturing, even before coronavirus came, right? So th- there is, there is uh, the impact of the IMF program, or if you were being partisan about it and looking at what the PPI was saying, uh, the failed policies of the past were coming home to roost, partially true, partially uh, we can debate about it. But the economy was significantly weak um, heading into the coronavirus. And so the way I describe it is that, you know, what we're going through right now in Pakistan is perhaps the most serious socioeconomic crisis since independence. Uh, we haven't seen anything like this before. And many economies, you know, in decades and at least a century have not suffered a recession like this. I live in the United States, similar situation here. We haven't seen unemployment figures like this since the Great Depression. But in the Pakistani context, COVID was basically a body blow at the time when the economy needed it the least. So it was already weak. Um, so if you, you know, if you imagine boxing, you already, it was like a one-two punch. The first punch was already what was going on and COVID was the knockout punch that came in um, and we're not even close to recovering from that right now. So before we move on to the budget, we just want, before we move on from the, uh, to the budget in the year ahead, just wanted to have a couple of, couple of more questions about the year that's been. Um, there have been a couple of developments. Has it all been doom and gloom? Um, in the, the COVID situation, I mean, terribly in terms of like lives lost, all the other problems in Pakistan, globally, and the way the world has changed. Uh, there's no, there's no justifications. I'm sure nobody is going to look for silver linings out of, out of this terrible situation. But one, some of the economic uh, developments that we saw was uh, oil prices getting slashed for a country that imports close to $1.3 billion uh, worth of oil products every month. Um, and is, is a substantial part of uh, is a substantial player in our trade deficit uh, conversation. Something that the government points to very this particular government points to quite regularly. How much how much better or how, let me just say how much worse would things have been had the oil prices not been slashed, or how much 
value have we been able to gain out of it? So that's, so that's the first question. I think you should answer that before we move on. Yeah. So, I mean, look, oil price decline, not even a decline, essentially a collapse was a blessing mm-hmm. in disguise for the economy. It reduced inflationary pressures. It gave the government room um, to sort of make, make up for the sales tax or the other tax revenues that were being lost because of the impact of coronavirus, because the petroleum levy went up and they've uh, budgeted for an increase in the petroleum levy in the coming year as well. Um, that allowed the government to cushion part of the losses that it had. Um, the other side of the doom and gloom, I would say, like one thing that we should appreciate, and some people did, um, off the bat, the government was really good in terms of rolling out the SAS program and expanding it. Um, the three-month utility bill deferment that was rolled out and some initial measures that were taken to uh, stem the impact of the lockdown were, I think, really good. And in fact, there was a period of time where, you know, when the Pakistan rolled out its initial stimulus, followed by India, followed by Bangladesh, I remember talking to folks and saying that, you know, when you look at the region as a whole, and I try to compare the region, um, Pakistan's economy with its peer economies a lot in my analysis, was that at that point in time, the initial stimulus by the PTI was in fact probably the most effective and the most well thought out stimulus in the region, um, particularly because it expanded SR significantly and rolled out cash transfer payments to people who needed it because of the lockdown. Since then, uh, they've sort of lost the plot in my view. But I think those two things, the oil price decline and the initial stimulus provided, particularly by focusing on SAS, was something that uh, we should appreciate um, in terms of helping the economy uh, during this crisis. So this is, a, I think SAS is a very good um, way to talk about the, the year ahead and the budget that's just been announced. So social protection, we were all expecting that social protection was going to be front and center in terms of uh, what the government's going to be announcing in, ter- in allocations. We were expecting the health budget to be shored up a bit more. And we saw that, you know, there's more allocation for health. Um, so can you, so, but I mean, also, it's, it's also important to make this distinction right now is that the federal budget is, does not, is not the budget for the whole country, uh, especially vis-a-vis health because health is a provincial subject. So the provincial budgets are going to be announced soon. And most of the money that's going to be spent in the country on health and on public health, and maybe even, uh, you know, uh, connected um, ministries and industries that are going to be part of the response to COVID are going to be announced at the provincial level. So so the federal budget. So that distinction is one is important, I think. Uh, before I, Can I, um, I quickly stop you right there? I think the other, dis- I agree with you that distinction is very important, but it is also for people to draw the distinction that while the health budget and other budgets like education are provincial subjects, the provinces draw their resources from the federal divisible pool. Mm-hmm. So the performance of the federation in tax collection and how it budgets mm-hmm. and what projections it's giving impacts not only the budgets that the provinces devise, but how they disperse funds in the coming months. Because if the divisible pool is less, then they also are constrained for resources. Absolutely, absolutely. And we can have a, and that is absolutely true because the provinces are limited revenue collection um, capabilities. So they basically rely on the the federal government to give them the money that they're going to be then spending on all these things which are provincial subjects. However, this distinction, like you said, is important because it's important to say uh, the prioritization 
for for what gets what resources happens at the province provincial level yeah. and will not going to be dictated by the we've seen this in the past ever since the 18th amendments come out that priorities at the federation level are not always uh, you know the same at the provincial level they've they've changed so that's the distinction i wanted to make um, and also in terms of the in terms of the allocation one of the conversations that I've been seeing on Twitter are is, is uh, comparisons in absolute number between the health allocation and, say, the military spending, right? You know, the the big the big uh, comparison to all comparisons. So we're talking about education. We talk about education, federal allocation versus the military allocation. So before we move on to the year ahead, do you wanna do you wanna make do you wanna have a shot or at explaining some of that? Yeah, I think, look, like the allocations people miss is you got to sum up the health spending across the provinces um, and the federal budget to compare it to the military one. It still is smaller. Um, but I think, like, for example, anyone who's listening and who has a view that perhaps Pakistan should be spending less on guns and more on butter or education or other areas such as higher education, um, needs to then also ask the question, what has happened to these budgets in the last few years? And if Nadia Naviwala, for example, did a study on comparing the fact that in the last few years, when the study came out a couple of years ago, I think that the budgets have actually gone up, but outcomes haven't improved. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we also have to talk about the fact that it is just not about a money allocation problem in places like education and healthcare. It's a value for money question that we should ask. Mm -hmm. Um, but having said that, yes, Pakistan is, economically speaking, a security state. If you add up the amount of money that's spent on the Rangers, the military, PSDP projects for the military, civil armed forces, um, it comes to about roughly 1.8 trillion rupees, which is an astonishing sum of money. Um, that conversation has to happen at the parliamentary level and at the political media level. Um, but having said that, we also should be mindful of the fact that the provinces have put in more resources into health and education, but the outcomes have not improved. And there's a question that should be asked about value for money there as well. So, so that's an interesting distinction. And I, I think that there are a couple of aspects to this that we, will, we can touch on later in terms of value for money, in terms of uh, development spending versus current spending. And we can have a conversation on this right now. You can have a separate conversation on this, but I think that that distinction needs to be made in terms of understanding Allocation as a whole is one thing, how much of the within those allocations go into new projects, into development, and how much of those, how much of that money goes into, you know, basically the maintaining the status quo plus 10% plus inflation adjustment, right? So, so the, a lot of those allocation adjustments are there. maintenance <laughs> We're going to be spending on you know, salaries, we're going to be spending on you know, maintenance of schools and utility bills and all those things. And maybe even the new building for the ministry, those things get spent on. And those, that's the money that keeps going up. Um, so the thing is, uh, one, so like I mentioned, SAS is a, good, is a good way to segue into the year ahead. Social protection, do you think? What, what, what's the plan? Because it's going to be front and center. We're talking about maybe expecting another lockdown. We're already talking about a shrinking economy. Uh, the, the poorest of the poor, the most vulnerable are going to need another cash transfer. Uh, do we have something like that, you know, in the pipeline? See, that was, 
for for me that was the most disappointing part of the budget i mean you look at the entire discourse that's happened in pakistan wazir azam saab kehte hain ke unko gareebon ki bahut fikr hai lockdown ke liye i'll take him at his word even though i have some disagreements with the argument he's making but let's say he is truly worried about the poor in this country and he showed that as i said earlier with the initial stimulus plan by widening sr so in the last year benazi income support program which is also really interesting if you look at the budget documents the government keeps using sr but the line item in the budget is for bis benazi income support program that's a different yeah, argument but, about semantics purane khate mein se unhone number khali daale the registers are old <laughs> yeah the registers haven't been updated but yeah. sas uh, which is based in the budget documents um got 30% more than what it was budgeted to get last year right so it was about 234 billion was revised for the sas program versus 180 billion that was initially budgeted now the prime minister and his team continue to argue that we're worried about the poor and covid has impacted the poor a lot as i showed with the inflationary statistics just in general um the allocation or the budget for sas is 200 billion rupees that's a 15% cut compared to what was given to the program in the concluding fiscal year so if you are making the argument that covid is impacting the poor and we must protect the poor and make sure that they have enough to survive on then why is there a 15% nominal cut um in the sas program compared to what was disbursed last year especially when every economist from hafiz pasha saab to even hafiz sheikh saab in his interviews is saying that covid's impact is still ongoing and it's hard to predict what when this will stop but as the cases keep peaking it will have an economic fallout um why has that been cut right and so the prioritization in terms of how the numbers were calculated and budgeted for um is is a bit off compared to the rhetoric that has been deployed um in this instance for the benazir income or sas program so this is an interesting question then because okay so ever since like time immemorial and i don't even know and you can guide on this if this is a pakistan problem or like most economies large economies in the world or developing economies like us operate this way but but since time since as far as back as as i as i know uh, pakistan always announces a budget based on a number of revenue which basically pakistan always assumes it's going to have x amount of money and then based on that it announces a budget i don't think that pakistan has ever met that x amount of money in terms of revenue collection in terms of raising money internally or externally so basically budget cuts happen so we end up spending less uh, overall than we already planned and then like you mentioned with education and with health then there's within that there there low efficiency things are spent on more than high efficiency growth spending right so we've already touched on that briefly now in a year like this revenue targets are like up in the air right so essentially uh, you know we're already talking about a shrinking economy we already we've already been talking about how the government's ability to you know kind of collect taxes kind of um is low um you know whatever we've been borrowing money from the banks uh, like crazy we've been doing that for the past few years but how much of that are we going to be able to continue to do during this year so the point i'm getting to is in a covid year in a covid budget how confident do you think that the government can be in terms of what is the revenue what is the income number that it's going to be able to achieve to spend even the 
200 billion on SaaS that it says it will be able to do or hopes to do. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the thing I maintain and some other people do as well is Pakistan does not have finance ministers. Pakistan has accounting ministers whose job is, is it, it is to somehow create the illusion of balance or move the numbers around so that they somehow look sane to the eye. But then if you peel it or dive deep into it, you realize that they're just trying to hoodwink you into believing the number. So I don't take these numbers seriously because um, there is a reason for it. So I, be, I, before going into the budget, I'll sort of tell you what happened last year, right? So last year, the government missed its internal resources target, not tax target, internal resources as a difference. So the tax target was misfigured, but internal resources, money from SBP profits, uh, privatization, other non-tax revenue bucket items that they have, they missed it by about 16%, 15.4% to be precise. What happens as a result of that is that your development programs um, also start getting slashed. So PSDP spending was 20% below the budget as a result of the fact that you were missing or not raising the revenues you were. When you start missing or not raising the resources, you borrow more. So the state or the country borrowed 400% more than what it anticipated from the banks. Now that has an overall crowding out effect because all of a sudden banks have, let's say, 100 rupees and the government in a high interest rate environment comes and tells them, well, I want 99 rupees of that money because I'm short on revenue. The banks will lend to it because the government is the safest uh, institution to lend to. The rates are high. So here you go. That crowds out private sector investment. So the private sector then does not invest or A, because of high interest rates, but B, because banks are also not willing to lend to you. So all of a sudden you get into this cycle of low growth tax revenues being met, the development spending, which is the government's way of stimulating growth is also being cut. And so you keep borrowing. That's what happened. Now in this coming year, they're budgeting uh, 2% or thereabouts GDP growth, which Hafiz Sheikh Saab on his own, if you watch his interviews, is saying that that's an optimistic uh, projection. In that 2% growth environment, where inflation is about 6% or so, so is what they're anticipating, they're projecting a 27% increase in FPR tax revenues. Now, they missed it by 30% last year. So how are you going to have a 25%, 27% growth in tax revenues in a 2% growth environment with 6% inflation is beyond me. The numbers, it's just an unrealistic target. In fact, the highest, and I've argued this in some of my analysis before, is that you look at the post-Musharraf era, all governments have had about a compound rate of 16% or so in tax revenue growth. So they're just projecting something that's not happened in the last decade and a half. Um, and so I just don't see how during these a, targets sorry. will be met. So, sorry, just got you. During a pandemic. During, during a pandemic. Like a, a fiscal crisis. During a pandemic, a fiscal crisis, uh, a period where they're not introducing new taxes by their own rhetoric. So I just don't understand where the excess revenues are going to come from. And that in and of itself was the Achilles seal of the last uh, budget. And it is the Achilles seal of this budget, because the moment you start slipping away from your targets, everything else will be cut. And in this environment, you cannot have cuts to spending or government spending because you're in a pandemic and you should be spending more in fact and stimulating the economy um 
rather than cutting spending. But they've, I think they've been short on creative thinking on how to do that and how to stimulate the economy. And that's my biggest fear is that as the months and weeks go by coming out of this budget and spending revenue targets are missed and the government spends less, you will continue going into this deeper crisis where the economy just does not have enough momentum to generate growth. So I think the, the, the important thing that you mentioned here, the, the thing that I took out, uh, I mean, it's absolutely baffling, right? So the, like I said, government always uh, aims to spend more money than it actually has in a year going ahead. I, I thought, I, I mean, I'm repeating this because I think this is worth a recap. So I think that so this year, the budget, the government says it missed its sorry, revenue generation targets by 27%, I'm guessing, is, is what you said. And is now yeah. hopes to and now hopes to raise an extra thirty percent in in a year when there's two percent. No, it hopes to raise it hopes to raise by twenty seven percent. It missed oh, by thirty percent. Thirty percent. Sorry, sorry, the numbers were flipped, right? So, so एक ऐसे साल में जब आपके पास आप कह रहे हैं कि जी फैक्ट्रियां बंद हो रही हैं, लोगों की नौकरियां जा रही हैं, आपको गरीब का सोचना है। हम पेंडेम आप लॉकडाउन करें या ना करें, वैसे ही जनरली जो है � global trade has gone down so aapki export orders cancel ho you know all those things and i think a lot of those things we've been hearing in the other episodes uh with you when you've been speaking to people right so uh i think that is is situation may government carry hai ki hamar aap ghabraye nahi hum gareeb friendly budget aur paise kharch karenge pehle se bhi zyada kharch karenge isliye ki hum pehle se zyada paise raise karenge I mean, um, point then the question becomes, Zair, that you are saying that the provinces, jo, sorry, the federal government ka ki spending on health is increasing, but like, through the roof, right? That through, like, as in, like, you're not a war footing, you don't have any public health spending. Ko. Okay, this is you're taking it seriously, you're cutting off on other things, and you're kind of doubling down on public health and on COVID response. Like it's not jumping out of off the page, is it? No, and I will also correct you. The government budget so the total expenditure is about 8 trillion rupees tha, revised in 2019-2020. In the budget, 7.2 trillion rupees. So about 900 Arab rupees has reduced the expenditure of the government. So this is not the case that in such a year, when your money formal or informal has stopped, the world has stopped, and Bangladesh, stimulus dene ki koshish kar rahe hain aapki hukumat bade fakhr se keh rahi hai aur budgets mein dikha rahi hai ki hum 900 arab rupaye kam kharch karenge is saal to phir uska bada chunk uska bada chunk ek main clear kar dun uska bada chunk jo hai wo jo debt repayment ka jo deferral hai uski wajah se ho raha hai lekin agar main advise dun hukumat ko ki agar aap debt deferment ki wajah se 900 arab rupaye ya kuch paise bacha rahe hain so, उसको एक्सपेंडिचर कम करने की बजाय आपको इकॉनमी में डालने चाहिए स्टिमुलस देने के लिए आप बड़े फखर से कह रहे हैं कि हमने हुकूमत की सैलरीज नहीं बढ़ाई फॉर एग्जांपल कुछ लोग ये कहते हैं कि अच्छा हुआ नहीं बढ़ाई मेरे नजदीक एक मिस्टेक है क्यों क्योंकि दो साल से आपकी इन्फ्लेशन 8 9 10 11% पे चल रही है तो जो हुकूमत के जो 
काम करने वाले लोग हैं उनकी रियल सैलरीज है लास्ट फ्यू ईयर अब जब वो डिक्लाइन हुआ है आपने उनकी सैलरी फ्रीज कर दी हालांकि इन्फ्लेशन 11 फीसद थी पिछले साल तो जो परचेसिंग पावर है वो 10 परसेंट तकरीबन उनका कम हो गया पाकिस्तान की इकोनॉमी 95 परसेंट कंजम्पन पे चलती है जीडीपी ठीक है तो अब अगर आपने उस कंजम्पन को वापस लाना है तो वन ऑफ द टूल्स द गवर्नमेंट है गवर्नमेंट सैलरी इंक्रीजेज ऑल्सो लीड टू प्राइवेट सेक्टर सैलरी इंक्रीजेज तो अब आपने एक ऑस्टेरिटी लाके परचेसिंग स्पेंडिंग जो है मीशत में जो होनी चाहिए उस पर आपने ब्रेक लगा दिया खुद ही तो, तो और तो आप कह रहे हैं कि आप सेल्स टैक्स बढ़ाएंगे तो आप सेल्स टैक्स कैसे बढ़ाएंगे जब लोग पैसे ही खर्च नहीं करेंगे नहीं करेंगे बिल्कुल एंड आई थिंक ये बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट डिस्टिंक्शन है आज रात को हम कॉन्वर्सेशन विद शमून सुल्तान तबादला CEO and founder of um Khadi right so the the retail outfit um and um, textile manufacturer they used to be manufacturers now they're retailers and so one of the things that he said where we asked him ki wo eid wala period jo tha post lockdown to usme kya hua log matlab tum logo hit kitna pada log kis tarah se aaye you know like we spoke about you know things like e-commerce and you know retail ka future One of the things that he said was ki yaar um one of the things he said was ki yes we took a hit um ramzan period uh pre eid is our most lucrative time we were operating at smaller timings and smaller uh reduced timings with the or like you know bahut limited tha malls bante and all that that we lost about on about 50% of revenue theek hai because of reduced timings and those high cheese and and he felt and of course that's his opinion he felt that if they'd been allowed to open um full time they would have been able to get crowds in safer and spread it across and it would have been better but the the 50% wala number was is very interesting because uh abhi tak despite there being a lockdown despite there being a slowdown humne ramzan mein dekha ki log nikle aur they rushed to bazaars aur unhone retail pe humne phir bhi activity dekhi market ke andar right but should there be a second lockdown even without a second lockdown that ability is going to get start getting hit right so by the time we get to bakrid we get beyond bakrid we're going to start seeing ke logon ki jeb ke upar fark pad raha hai aur unki ability to spend and i and i and mai badi specific strata ki baat kar raha hu the the one that we started the program with unko to already i'm sure heavily cuz ho raha hoga na because they have no savings they have no revenue multiple revenue streams तो उनको उनको तो अभी से फर्क पड़ रहा होगा तो उसके केस में आपकी बात बिल्कुल ठीक है कि सेल्स टैक्स बढ़ा के आप किससे सेल्स टैक्स देंगे ठीक है ना मतलब कि आप कौन गाड़ियां खरीद रहा होगा अगर आप ऑटोमोटिव के ऊपर जो है पैकेज बना दें मगर पेंडेमिक के अंदर तो कौन गाड़ियां इस वक्त खरीद रहा होगा कि आप जो है उससे कमा दे राइट मतलब कि हम लाइक वीव सीन द डिजास्टर ऑयल क्राइसिस we get to it so but uzair is puri conversations mein what i said what you said bada bade thodi si na we find that the government is kind of in between like a rock and a hard place it seems right theke wo jo masla ye hai ki ek taraf har taraf hum keh rahe hain ki ji aapne jo ehsaas ke upar kam paise kharch kar rahe hain theek hai dusri taraf government ke paas masla ye hai ki activity bhi kam hai wo usme paise bhi kam raise kar sakte hain pehli unke ambitious targets hain magar wo hame pata hai ki kabhi meet nahi honge aur unhone qarze ki kisten bhi deni hain theek hai तो पैसे कहां से आए और कहां से लाएं 
और स्पेशली आई मीन पेंडेमिक ना भी हो तब ये मसला है मगर इवन इन अ इन अ रिसेशन मतलब व्हाट व्हाट ऑप्शंस डज द फेडरल गवर्नमेंट हैव देखिए इसका एक एग्जांपल मैं आपको देता हूं दिस प्लेड आउट एग्जैक्टली दिस वे इन इंडिया 2 टू 3 वीक्स अगो India being a much stronger economy than Pakistan went into a much stricter lockdown and economists there are projecting GDP will decline by 8 9 10% in the coming year. Theek hai that's how severe the lockdown was. The government there despite not having a debt crisis like Pakistan does has a legal uh, crisis on its hand because it cannot have a fiscal deficit that if i remember the figure correctly 3.5% of GDP 3.3 3.5 ke kareeb unko rehna zaruri hai by law they cannot they can change the law but the law is what it is for the time being so when nirmala sitaraman the finance minister and the government came out with the series of stimulus uh, programs uh, which by the way are huge uh, in terms of quantum of dollar figures they relied on giving out loans rather than direct stimulus or asas type spending jo thodi bahut hai uske andar but it wasn't as big as and the reason was the fiscal deficit their thinking was ke agar hum zyada kharch karenge aur hum signal karenge ke hum fiscal deficit se aage chale jayenge jo hamari limit hai to moody's fitch international bond investors wo kahenge ke india is losing um, its plot it's spending too much and we are losing confidence or usse hamare borrowing rates bad jayenge aur uska financial stability pe negative impact over that was broadly the logic of the government going in with the stimulus what happened was they unhone jab ye soch ke stimulus banaya to uske baad moody switch wagaira ne india ki growth hi downgrade kar di aur unhone kaha ke growth aapki kam hogi kyunki aapka stimulus itna bada nahi hai uski wajah se aapka fiscal deficit to waise hi bad jayega so the government should do more similarly here in pakistan you are faced with the situation jahan constraints hain aapki lekin agar aap un constraints ko madde nazar rakhte hue kahenge ki hum paise kam kharch karenge kyunki hamare paas capacity nahi hai to jo moody's fitch wagaira ka jo analyst baitha hai ya baithi hai wo dekhegi wo kahegi ki yaar inhone 2% growth project ki hai 30% revenues increase ki baat kar rahe hain wo to ho hi nahi sakta to growth to actually aur kam hogi तो हम डाउनग्रेड कर रहे हैं पाकिस्तान को क्योंकि वो तो टारगेट्स मीट ही नहीं कर सकते इन एसेंस व्हाट यू नीड एट दिस पॉइंट इन टाइम इज अ वेरी कॉम्प्रिहेंसिव प्लान ऑफ रिवाइविंग इकोनॉमिक ग्रोथ और उस पार्ट ऑफ दैट प्लान इज टू स्टिम्युलेट द इकोनॉमी बाय इंक्रीज स्पेंडिंग अब जब आप बजट लाते हैं और आप कहते हैं कि हम एक्चुअली बजट में स्पेंडिंग कम कर रहे हैं ओवरऑल तो द मार्केट विल लुक एट एंड से वेट अ मिनट the things may actually get worse so they will hold back even more so that's the risk here and that's the risk that they're playing with is that because you have to negotiate with the IMF essentially this is why the budget is structured the way it is that you are not spending money but the longer you hold back on spending money the more actually later on you will have to spend to revive the economy so essentially there is another rock in a hard place one is where the, you have to show the imf ki hum apni current expenditure niche lekar aa rahe hain hum cuts kar rahe hain hum tankhai nahi badha rahe hum pensions nahi badha rahe and all that and then the other and the other rock or hard place is ke aapne aapki global projection kya hai like so so investment lane ke liye trade ke liye aapki you know economy ki ranking ke liye jo hai aapne kya dikhana and that is a balance that the government has to strike so they have to fake it one way and kind of faint it the other but not go in one direction too much or have do you think that they've gone in one direction leaned in one direction too much 
for for in this particular budget i just view uh, from a perspective of the budget and everything that's come out since the economic survey or the last few days is that there's just short of ideas um and there is no creative thinking and i don't like you know in my analysis getting personal but let's be honest the people who are advising on the economy have advised other prime ministers on the economy for many years before this and so i am not surprised that they're short on creative ideas and creative thinking on what to do here um the example i'll give you is like forget about covid there is a locusts attack going on in the agricultural sector in pakistan which employs a huge proportion of pakistanis did you hear a single thing in the budget about dealing with this uh uh crisis in the agricultural sector no your agricultural sector is going at 2.9% but there is no planning done to revive it to restructure it to get its yields going up because i don't know why right and so there would have been creative ways to do things like for example the policy they came out with evs in the last couple of days is really good right you need more measures like that to create the idea that the government will provide stimulus in a targeted manner not in the construction package manner in a targeted manner like the ev manner and it will make investments in next generation uh ideas programs that will uh, help leapfrog the economy forward but we're just not seeing that and so my fear with this budget is that it's an austerity led budget and by being austerity led you're actually going to more fundamentally reduce the growth in the economy which will lead to other issues such as bank borrowing and 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 cuts to psdp and other programs so it's not very i mean i'm sure that a pakistanomy episode is generally doesn't have a lot to celebrate unfortunately i mean i i i know bagar ye jo hum zyada doom and gloom pe khatam nahi karna chahiye to mera sawal ye hoga ki what does the year what are the opportunities in the year ahead that you feel because you speak to so many people uh there's a lot of amazing things that are happening in Pakistan but you know the covid situation is the way it is it is for us it is for like you said for our neighbors and it's globally to kya hai ye isme se kya nikal sakte hain hum is like you know out of this kachre ke dher mein se kuch hum shining nikal sakte hain i mean look the one thing that you know I've discussed this is what I've done 20 plus episodes talking to people across sectors um one thing that comes out always is that the solutions to Pakistan are known to Pakistan's problems are known a lot of research has been done on how to help formalize the informal economy which was the last episode we did um a lot of proposals have been made to help startups grow faster and bring in investment for startups faster uh some conversations i've had with people is about around gst for example right like so i've written about the fact that one of the things i was hopeful for was that like the ev policy the government would say okay we know people don't want to spend right now it's a pandemic incomes are squeezed but we want you to spend so one way of encouraging that is to say your gst will be reduced i propose zero but let's whatever that figure might be compared to what it is if you transact digitally why is that important because it's an incentive for people to formalize aap dande ke zor pe shabar zadi ne to koshish ki na machine lagane ki nahi lagi na machine shabar zadi sab chale gaye na end mein aapne logon ko incentive dena hai taaki kal ko main dukan pe jaun ya aap jaye ya koi aur jaye aur wo kahe ke yaar ye 100 rupaye ki cheez hai aur na kahe cash pe do 
तो आप कस्टमर होके कहें कि नहीं मैं तो तुम्हें जैस कैश से दे रहा हूँ या किसी और तरीके से डिजिटल पेमेंट्स के थ्रू दे रहा हूँ क्योंकि मेरी बचत है उसके अंदर एंड यू बिल्ड द इंसेंटिव टू फॉर्मलाइज द इकॉनमी वाइल इनकरेजिंग पीपल टू स्पेंड यू नीड क्रिएटिव थिंकिंग क्रिएटिव आइडिया सिमिलरली यू नीड for the agriculture sector there is a lot of investment that needs to happen in farm to market roads supply chain things like that that the government can spend money on and the international community will look at it and say yes will we don't like that you're spending but you're spending on the right sort of thing so we'll take it right now right and then for the final point here is that when you do that like the nawaz sharif era the federal federal reserve for example in the us is signaling 0% interest rates for the next 2 years at least right uski wajah se there will be a reach for yield in global bond markets which is that they can give money to the us treasury or to the bank of england or to the british government and get basically no return on their yield or very mm-hmm. slim return um or they can give it to emerging market bonds um where they can get 4 5% 6% rpm terms that reach for yield and pakistan will need debt right that's just the reality we need debt to finance our investments if you do the right reforms the bond market will look at you and say wait a minute i can look at vietnam bangladesh india pakistan nigeria malaysia others and i have confidence that pakistan is making the right moves the right reforms the right investments for its economy coming out of this crisis so let me offer a better yield to these to their debt right and so that's why i continue to say and i people continue to argue that if you have a good road map of reforms that you're standing by and executing it will be painful politically for example steel mills a lot of people were arguing that asad umar ki purani videos chal rahi thi aur imran khan ki purani videos chal rahi thi ki kya hua aap to khade hone wale the inke sath aur ye wo ab aap privatize karne privatize karne ki zarurat hai उस उस इंस्टीट्यूशन को हुकूमत क्यों दे रही है अरबों रुपए हर साल राइट तो आपने एक रोड मैप देना है कि जी हम इस तरह इकोनॉमी को रिवाइव करेंगे व्हिच इज व्हाट आई वाज एक्सपेक्टिंग फ्रॉम दिस बजट एंड व्हिच सैडली डिड नॉट कम थ्रू सो जस्ट रैप अप बिफोर वी रैप अप सो बेसिकली द गवर्नमेंट इज वेयर राइट नाउ मिशमैश है इंटेंशंस की क्लैरिटी जो है यूजुअली आ जाती है बजट के अंदर से मगर मिक्स मैसेजेस हैं बहुत सारे वादे हैं जो पुराने जो हमें नजर नहीं आ रहे बजट के इन शीट्स में बहुत सारी चीजें हैं जो सरप्राइजेस हैं बहुत सारी चीजों की उम्मीद थी वो हमें नहीं नजर आ रही कुछ सरप्राइजेस हैं जो कि आई मीन वायल कुछ सरप्राइजेज नहीं भी हैं जैसे फॉर एग्जाम्पल पेंशन are still is still a growing number so federal pensions which includes military and non military federal spending is continues to grow um will soon kind of become one of the largest heads a non uh, you know debt servicing heads in the federal budget so that stays the same to aapki you know revenue jitni bhi shrink kar jaye aapne ehsaas ke to paise kaat sakte hain aap magar ye to aapki government ki commitment hai wo usne puri karni hai तो वो उसने जो है ना पेंशन और तनख्वाहें जो है वो देनी है यू फील दैट थिंग इन पेंडेमिक बिकॉज़ 
like no loaded uh, uh taxes and we'll Sorry. There definitely is a pensions crisis, right? It, it is yeah. a crisis. It has to be dealt with, um, both at the federal and the provincial level. Um, and we have, that's just something that you need reforms on, no doubt about it, similar to the SOE reform, similar to the power sector reform. Our key contingent liabilities are 1.8 trillion rupees. So, you have reforms. The question is, what is roadmap? reforms and i think that's where there are things that you know are lacking in terms of a vision another thing we didn't touch upon which i think they did a good move is started to rationalize the tariff lines on the custom duties which mm -hmm. they've done in this budget which is a good step so you have some small things that are worth applauding withholding taxes joe inefficient um but overall a, a macroeconomic plan joe PTI बड़े शौक से कहती थी असद उमर साहब बड़े शौक से कहते थे कि हमने प्लानिंग की हुई है तो ये इनका दूसरा बजट है मिनी बजट्स अगर आप ऐड कर दें तो चौथा पांचवा बजट है तो वो प्लान नजर नहीं आ रहा कि करना क्या चाहते हैं इट्स जस्ट बेसिकली रिएक्टिंग टू ईच क्राइसिस दैट कम्स देयर वे एंड फिगरिंग आउट एज द क्राइसिस अनफोल्ड्स व्हाट वी नीड टू डू टू गेट टू द बेसिकली द नेक्स्ट क्राइसिस पेंशंस are a similar thing and this is not just a PTI thing ye har hukumat ne kiya jab se main at least dekh raha hu baal gir gaye lekin crisis ko reform karne ki jo hai wo solution nahi aayi abhi tak aur pensions are a part of that and again your your contingent liabilities are a part of that as well i think it's a, it's very important for me to just to put this disclaimer out there before we wrap ke baal gire nahi hai wo covid ke dauran jo hai wo हम सबकी जो बारबरिंग स्किल्स हैं वो थोड़ी सी अनलॉक हुई हैं सो या लुक वन ऑफ द थिंग्स दैट आई हैव ऑलवेज वन ऑफ द थिंग्स दैट आई हर्ड इयर्स अगो एंड आई थिंक दैट कंटिन्यूज टू बी ट्रू फॉर फॉर एवरी गवर्नमेंट एंड एवरी फाइनेंस मिनिस्टर इज दैट पाकिस्तान को अपने रिफॉर्म एजेंडा को अचीव करने के लिए और अपने इकोनॉमी को सही से एक ट्रैक पे और एक रिजिलियंट तरीके से मूव कराने के लिए you know you need you need brain surgeons and you need precision surgical precision to move things around and you need that kind of and what we see with every budget is some very fancy carpentry but not enough you know surgery and so i think that this budget is just an example of the same we keep we keep kind of maneuvering ourselves into corners and then the following budget or two years later we're working towards getting ourselves out of that corner so i think this budget continues to be the same i agree and i think um i said it in the last podcast um uh, with dr ali kamal um on the informal economy we were talking about what do we need as the overall solution right and there has to be a mindset shift um not just in the government just across society in pakistan and its policy makers is that you need to shift away from a tax led approach to a growth led approach the problem yes is that your tax to gdp ratio is low by peer economy standards you need to broaden the tax base but at this point in time an economy like pakistan one of the largest most populous countries in the world cannot grow at 2% a year it cannot afford to grow when its population is growing at 2 and a half 3% a year when you look at census data it should not be growing at that population growth rate right so 
yes, there are problems where your defense spending, for example, every few years continues to take up a bigger chunk of your spending at the federal level. Your debt servicing now is taking up more and more uh, chunks of money. But those problems will only be solved by reform that lead to growth in the long term or in the medium term. You cannot continue to have 4% growth, 4.5% growth, and then back to the IMF. Because that is the problem. If you sustain growth 5%, then these problems will fiscally be solved. Even if you don't do a lot of reforms to them. Because the growth will outpace everything else. But our problem in the last few years आपने ग्रोथ को इतना हैम्पर कर दिया है कि अब आप एक मोमेंट पर आ गए कि ना आप टैक्स इंक्रीज कर सकते हैं ना कोई और रिसोर्स जनरेट कर सकते हैं तो सिर्फ एक ही चीज रह गई आप कर्जे ले रहे हैं या कभी कर्जे बाहर से लेते हैं कभी कर्जे अपनी बैंक से लेते हैं और पीटीआई का भी यही हाल है हालांकि मेरा मानना है कर्जे लेना कोई बुरी बात नहीं है वजीरजम इमरान खान ये बहुत कहते थे कि कर्जे ले लेके मुल्क को डुबा दिया है उन कर्जों के साथ आप करते क्या दैट इज द क्वेश्चन on that note um thank you very much azair and uh, role reversal jo hai wo thoda sa aapka temporary hai so i hope i hope things went you liked being on the other end where you get to speak more <laughs> and share your opinions no it was good thank you for thank you for moderating and yes next week we will resume to regular service no, and have a good rest of the day yeah so thank you very much um that's it from uh, for this episode on the budget uh wherever you're listening uh please subscribe uh we're available on all podcast uh apps uh please like us on youtube and on facebook and uh hope you continue to watch uh pakistan me khuda hafiz <laughs>